The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. You know the deal. If you haven't already subscribed, break review talk of champions and iTunes. When you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud, Spotify, just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Omus Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Today's guest on the Modern Woodman phone line, Hayden Dunhurst, Omus sophomore catcher, rising sophomore catcher. I guess he's still a freshman. Well, it's just still be still playing. A yeah. <laughs> You'll still be playing. Oh, Miss Freshman Catcher, Hayden Dunhurst. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Good, man. Good, man. It's uh, it's quarantine day, uh, week four. We're still doing this. You hanging in there? It's getting a little bad. I'm not going to lie. Uh, today, I, I coach baseball, and today I got so bored, I just went out and hit fungo into a net. On Wednesday, I set up a number of different interviews for baseball. Anthony Servideo, Doug Nikhazy, Hayden Dunhurst for this podcast, and Taylor Broadway. And I finally felt normal for a day. <laughs> it was just nice to talk to people that are involved with my job. And of course, right. I challenged Hayden Dunhurst and Ant to MLB the show and how I'd work them. So now I got Marshall, Ant, Hayden Dunhurst. I know Greg Kessinger's down. It looks like this video game deal where I live stream me playing an Ole Miss player or former Ole Miss player, it could work. Yeah, this is going to be a thing. This is going to be a thing. I feel like during this time too, that would get like really good views, especially if we can, you know, put it on Twitch and have talk like, you know, commentary and whatnot. The biggest question, can I sell it? I'd watch. I mean, why wouldn't you watch? There's nothing else to watch. It's true. But in these very, very tough times with the coronavirus pandemic wreaking havoc on this country, I don't know who would sponsor that. But if you would sponsor that, hit me up. <laughs> Got a lot of stuff to cover here on Talk of Champions. Hayden Dunhurst coming up in just a little bit. First, let me tell you before we really get going about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. As we all deal with the fallout from the coronavirus pandemic, one thing we're all trying to do, make sure our dollar goes further than it ever has before. Well, good thing for you if you're in the market for a new car, truck, or Jeep, Alan Samuels they were already looking out for you financially to meet each and every one of your needs, whatever those needs may be. They'll work with you to ensure you get the car you want at a price point you can afford. All you've got to do is go visit Brian Mason and the crew and let them take care of you through the easiest, most seamless car buying process around. 
how can they best serve you? To take advantage of any one or more of the services Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. As communities across the world deal with the coronavirus pandemic, it has never been more important to have a pharmacy you can trust. And the only pharmacy for you in Oxford is Cheney's Pharmacy. Not only is Cheney's Pharmacy filled with supporters of Ole Miss Athletics, but more than that, Cheney's, a fixture in this Oxford community, offers you anything and everything you'll need in your pharmacy. From prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time, Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy, and that's important, locally owned that has been in Oxford over 40 years, and they provide the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221. Or you can visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at ChinesePharmacy.com. Right now, each and every one of us have our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Chinese Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. All right, Colin, so what in the sports world this week most caught your eye? I feel like people are releasing stuff like a whole lot earlier than they used to, and they released Vegas like win totals, over-unders, and, and I just kind of dived into those. I just I just decided that, you know what, I'm going to spend an hour looking at these because there is literally nothing else to do. Okay, I'm looking it up. <laughs> Caesars Entertainment, I see it. College football, 2020 regular yeah. season wins in the SEC. Alabama, ten and a half. Arkansas, three and a half. Oh boy. <laughs> Auburn, eight and a half. Florida, ten. Georgia, ten. A hard ten for Florida. Ooh. Yeah. Kentucky, seven. LSU, nine. Mississippi State, six and a half. Heavy juice on the under, though. Missouri, five. Ole Miss, five and a half. That's about right. South Carolina, five and a half. Tennessee, seven and a half. Texas A&M, nine and a half for Texas A&M. Minus 155 if you want to bet the under. Oh, boy. And Vanderbilt, a hard three for Vanderbilt. I think if I had to, like, stake my life on it, I'm taking Alabama over 10.5 because Alabama doesn't usually lose two regular season games. They did it last year. I understand that. But uh, I'm going to take Alabama win 11 games every single time. Minus 140 to bet the over on Alabama. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I'll do it. (laughs) I'd bet the under 6.5 for Mississippi State. Oh, wow. Not a Mike Leach believer. This Mike Leach stuff is pretty ugly. Yeah, and I think it'd be even worse if, if we didn't have what you know was going on right now. Now, I understand those that say the joke for what it was, not in any way in reference. I, I get that, but yeah, in this state, never okay. It cannot be racist, but also be stupid, right? That's a great question. I mean, like, like it can be one thing and not the other. I, I don't it, think, of course, that his intention was to be racist. I think with I Mike Leach, it was a complete lack of any type of awareness for where you are now. Complete right. and utter ignorance for the history right. of the state. So I agree with you. I don't think that the action itself was inherently racist. Correct. I think, of course, because of the history of the state, that's what the conversation turns to out of an act of stupidity. But Mike Leach, that's what you sign up for. That's what you get. It's like with Lane Kiffin. It's the Lane Kiffin experience. Now, Lane Kiffin doesn't do the crap that Mike Leach does on Twitter, but Lane Kiffin is a very active troll on Twitter. He's proud of it. So when you sign up for Mike Leach, when you sign up for Lane Kiffin, 
you have to know that this stuff, there's always a danger of it being there. There's always something that could come out and then one of them could do. And like you said, it's more prone to be a leech than it is Kiffin. I do think uh, each one is a better fit at their respective universities because I think at Ole Miss, if Leach gets beat by like 21 against Kentucky and goes into his post-game press conference and talks about pirates and stuff, I don't think that would play real well at Ole Miss, like at all. Well, imagine this. Had Leach done that joke as the head coach of Ole Miss? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a totally different ballgame. It's over. Point, right? He's fired. Yeah. He's fired. Oh, wow. You think he's done? I think he's done. I think he resigns. Oh. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Dan Walken, Pat Ford, you name it. I, I grant you now. The COVID-19 pandemic has turned eyes away from this, as it should. But think about past coverage of Ole Miss. Or think about it when Devontae and Bree, all those guys took a knee because the Klan was marching on campus. And a dude comes over from the ringer and just tries to effectively turn it into something that it wasn't because of the history of Ole Miss. And the author says, the author of this piece on the ringer says... Ole Miss was the first campus I didn't feel safe on. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Ole Miss <laughs> is so aware of what you think of them. Ole Miss yeah. is fully aware of what a national media person thinks about them. Trying to run away and get away from the racial problems that have been haunting this college for so, so long. So imagine then, knowing that coverage before, what would happen if that joke is made by Ole Miss head coach Mike Leach? I mean, Really? Do you really have to stretch your imagination to think about that? Oof. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Lane Kiffin is the head coach of Ole Miss, and Ole Miss, according to Caesars Entertainment, five and a half. The line said five and a half. If you bet the under, it's even. If you bet the over, it's minus 120. Would you be right. more comfortable with your money laying the under or the over? Okay, I'm going to say this and whatever, I'll probably get criticized. I think I feel pretty good about the over, and here's why. Okay, you look at Ole Miss's non-conference schedule outside of Baylor, UConn, and then two gimme games. So you got three, right? You got three wins. You've got two games on your schedule with teams with projected win totals at three and three and a half. Just don't lose to the teams with projected three win totals in Arkansas and Vanderbilt. That, that's five wins. So then you're looking at getting one more versus an Auburn, a Mississippi State, a Baylor, a Texas A&M. So if you just do your job, win those three non-conference games, beat Vanderbilt, beat Arkansas, the odds are in your favor to get to six, in my opinion. Especially if you have further confidence in a Lane Kiffin coach team compared to Matt Luke. I think everyone looking at last year's team, now that you've seen them in action, could agree that they were better than four wins. They were better than that. To your point... Earlier this week, 247 puts out college football's toughest schedule or schedules in 2020. Ole Miss was number three in the country. Number of potential games versus top 25 teams. Sixth, schedule strength rating, 19. The schedule, Baylor and Houston, Southeast Missouri. We're assuming that they start on time, which isn't going to happen. Baylor and Houston, (laughs) Southeast Missouri, Auburn at LSU, Alabama, at Vandy, Florida, UConn, at A&M, at Arkansas, Georgia Southern, Mississippi State. It's a really tough schedule. And here's the problem with being more confident and betting the over. I'm just playing devil's advocate. If Ole Miss starts poorly, say they lose to Baylor, but they beat Southeast Missouri, they lose to Auburn, at LSU, they lose at home to Alabama, all bets are off if they'll ever be able to truly recover from it. Not to say that they're going to go 2-10, and 10, 
But four and eight, that's easily as arguable as bowl eligibility. I don't necessarily disagree. Worst case for me with Ole Miss this year is five wins. So if I'm betting, I'm just going to bet that they get one more somewhere. Yeah. Florida at a hard 10 and betting the under is plus 115. Is Florida supposed to be that good? They're going to be really good. Um, They're going to be projected to win the East, but here's the – Mullen's not known for – I mean, they don't particularly play Georgia well. Um, Georgia kind of dominates them. So I think Georgia wins that game. You've got to they got to play LSU. Uh, Florida State might be a little bit better with Norvell at the helm. Uh, I don't know who their other West opponent is, but obviously, oh, they're all, it's Ole Miss. I would feel more comfortable on the under with Florida, but if they won eleven games, I wouldn't be totally shocked either. I'd feel comfortable with the over on Alabama. Yeah, Arkansas at three and a half is tough. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know their schedule well enough either. I know, you know, Missouri out of the East. I don't know who else out of the East, and I don't know what they got non-con. Auburn at eight and a half. I'd feel pretty comfortable betting the over. I like Bo Nix. I, I really like Bo Nix. Georgia, I would feel most comfortable betting the under. Oh, wow. Hard 10, nine seems about right. You know who their uh, West opponents this year are, don't you? Who? Host Auburn, and they go to Tuscaloosa. Well, there you go. <laughs> There it is. What about yeah. Georgia has inspired confidence the last two years? Nothing. Jake Fromm was really good for them. Um, I don't actually think Kirby Smart's that great of an in-game coach. Now, I think he's a very good football coach because his ability to recruit should be considered uh, when, when you're talking about how good of a football coach someone is. But he's been able, known to make some emotional decisions that have hurt his team. So I don't actually believe that Georgia's a national title contender this year with the loss of Fromm, for sure. In retrospect... It was down to Kirby Smart, Hugh Freeze. Kirby wants the job. It goes to Hugh Freeze. Everybody is upset. Everybody. No one wanted Hugh Freeze. Everyone expected Hugh Freeze to be the hire. So when he was hired, there was no enthusiasm. And then Hugh goes on and does tremendous work in his first three years. Of course, all the stuff that came with it later, the end was bad. But Kirby would not have worked here. You don't think? I don't see how that brand of football and that brand of identity the whole Nick Saban brand of identity works at Ole Miss. You have to be gimmicky in some way. You have to have something that's distinguishably yours, uniquely yours. You can't try to operate like someone else, not at Ole Miss. You don't have the same advantages as Alabama, as Georgia, the same resources. You don't have them, so you have to be unique in some way. I don't think you have to just run uh, you know, gimmicky Oregon or Texas Tech type stuff, but I do think there has to be some semblance of, of irregularity uh, to, to Ole Miss if they're going to ever win at the big level because you're never going to, to line up and just have better athletes than Alabama or LSU or even Texas A&M and Auburn for that matter. So, yeah, I, do, I don't think you're going to be able to run the same systems. And, and in that regard, I certainly agree with you. Earlier this week, 247 puts out one prediction for every SEC team in 2020 to wrap this up. And Bud Elliott predicted Ole Miss will average 30 points or more per game and go to a bowl. So he would be taking the over of five and a half. That wouldn't shock me. I think there's players on that offense, man. I think uh, a lack of creativity and some, maybe some hard-headedness uh, held them back last year. So I do think that with Lane Kiffin's ability to call plays and design an offense, that that's certainly an attainable goal. LSU, nine wins. Is Miles Brennan the quarterback? Because I'm taking the under. He is. Okay. Not, not a Miles Brennan believer? No. 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 <laughs> I would hammer that minus 130 at the under. Okay. So they come back to earth a little bit. 
Yeah. Yeah. This is really good. I like these lines. These are good. All right, let's see. What else is interesting? Seven and a half for Tennessee. They started off so slow last year, but they finished well. They won the bowl game over Indiana. I think Pruitt's actually doing a pretty good job there. Uh, you're, look, you're always going to lose to Alabama if you're Tennessee, but I think they've got a shot to win eight. I would probably lean it over with them. Talk about guys that desperately wanted the Ole Miss job. Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> Another one that I don't think it would have worked. It's the whole Nick Saban thing, like I just mentioned. But he wanted the job. I think everyone would have rather taken that chance than Matt Luke. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he's look. Well, let's say it like this. Jeremy Pruitt's still the coach at Ole Miss today, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. fun. I like that. Some football. Finally. The season might not even start <laughs> on time. It's not going to start on time. Oh, oh, this is for nothing. Baylor and Houston will be played in what, October? They may do the eight SEC games. I don't know how I feel about that. It would work, but I don't know how you decide national championship contenders, playoff teams. I don't know how you do that. It does add more significance to the conference championship games, which for the most part mean nothing. <laughs> I have always been a proponent, and, and I've just been this guy that I think they should take eight teams to the playoff. I think they should take the five conference winners and three wildcard teams so that the conference championship games mean something. I think the conference championship games – should be a part of the criteria to make it to the playoff. If you win that game, if you get into that game and you win it, you're automatically in. I agree. 18 playoff is perfect. It's perfect. And I would never be about more teams after eight. I wouldn't. It's better than nothing, but four is too little. Eight makes sense. Because then you get an at-large team at eight, like UCF. Can't bitch anymore because it didn't get included. It would be included. I'll even listen to six, but I would obviously much prefer eight. No, six doesn't work. The math isn't the same. Well, you you give the... One and two seed buys. Eight is perfect. Agreed. It's perfect. I want the one at large team. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. Going to go now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Ole Miss freshman catcher, rising sophomore catcher, whatever you want to call him, Hayden Dunhurst. But first, let's hear from Modern Woman in BNA Bank. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. 
where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line, Ole Miss catcher Hayden Dunhurst. How you holding up, man? I'm holding up good. Glad to be a part of this. Thank you. What's your number one quarantine activity right now? How are you entertaining yourself? Um, number one quarantine activity right now is spike ball. We um, get very competitive in just little things. I mean, my family have always been very competitive. My dad played college sports. My mom played college sports. So, the you know, the competitiveness has never died around here. So it's always neat to see things like this. It's weird not having baseball for you. How weird is it? Um, it's very weird for me because my whole life I've always, you know, had baseball, whether it be travel ball, high school ball, anything, um, you know, just not being able to really do anything right now is just kind of blowing my mind a little bit, but also gave me time to spend a little bit more time with my family and just enjoy the small things in life. Can you do anything baseball wise when you're stuck at home? Uh, yes, I have a cage that I get in every day, a little workout facility. So I get to work out and hit every day, but don't ever get to hang out with any friends or, you know, throw with anybody or just, you know, kind of one v one hitting off the tee and just small things like that. I've talked to Ant. I've talked to Doug. Both of them said that y'all's Zoom conversations, y'all's group meeting conversations get pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, we um definitely love our fellowship time whenever we get a chance. What do y'all talk about? What are y'all doing right now? I mean, everyone's just kind of checking up on everybody. But, I mean, when we get around each other, even in the Zoom, I mean, it's kind of like we never left each other. I mean, we just pick up right where we left off. And, you know, it's just something I've never had before with a team. And I've never experienced, you know, such a special connection. Like I said, as soon as we get on that Zoom, it's just instant laughter, instant love just for every guy. And we all just pick up on each other really fast. And it's awesome. Now, Ant swears that had the season not been suspended, y'all would be what, 32 games in or 33 games? He believes y'all would be 32-1. and one. I would 100% agree with him. I um, you know, couldn't agree more with anybody, couldn't have said it any better than how he said it. What made y'all so special, do you think? I think besides the connection and everything that everyone's talked about, um, all of our teammates have talked about, I think – offensively and defensively offensively we could hit home runs we could steal bases we can move the ball we can win any type of ball games defensively we have the spectacular defensers um you know we got jb in the outfield that's been an infielder and he's was playing center field for us making crazy plays um then you got ant of course a star on defense you got chatney a freshman starting for us it was very good uh defensively and offensively also but um just on top of that you know besides the defense and offense I just think the connection just made it that much more deeper you know just knowing that you would go to war for your teammates you started pretty much every single game defensively you knew that play immediately what'd you learn about yourself offensively it was only 17 games a lot left out there but what did you learn about yourself yeah. in 17 games well um in the beginning of the season you know, against Louisville, I was trying to do too much. I was trying to prove that I belonged there, you know, um, instead of realizing who I am and that I'm good enough to play with anybody. If I just stay calm and play within myself in the last week or two, I started to realize that. And then, you know, everything started doing better. I went like four for five my last game, 
you know, just started seeing the ball better, just relaxing more, not putting any more pressure on myself. And that also helped me defensively, just staying calm. What was it like catching in games with Bianco, calling the pitches? And you got three coaches on your coaching staff, former catchers, so they're going to be hard on you. What was that like in the games themselves? Um, it was awesome. Uh, it's just kind of, it's kind of what I came here for, you know, to get that coaching, to get all of those coaching tips from catching, and especially Coach B, you know, even the smallest things. Like he gave me, um, whenever I blocked up a ball and the dude was trying to go to second, and he beat my throw by half a, you know, half a second. He said, you know, instead of blocking, whenever you look up to see if he's going, just go straight for the ball and then look up. You know, just small things like that, that can really help your game. And I've just always wanted to get small tips and things like that. Or somebody you can go straight into the dugout and ask questions to and they can, you know, give you a really good answer. Kind of goes into my next question. I've talked a lot about your pot time. If you compare it to MLB pop times, the average MLB pop time, you make them look embarrassing. You got one of the best pop times in the country, if not the best pop time. What is the art of the transfer to get the ball from receiving to second base? Is that something that can be learned, or do you just kind of have to have it? Um, so growing up, I never got any coaching on catching. I never went to any camps. It just all of my catching really happened. You know, all of my receiving just happened. You know, everything I've kind of learned has been on my own, so I've always wanted to go somewhere and polish everything. But, I mean, just, you know, throwing the second is just kind of the reason I fell in love with catching. I always wanted to get somebody out at a position, but I never could play outfield or anything that wasn't fast enough. Um, so just going into that, it's just always been something that happened. You know, I've always had good hands, good fast hands, and then I've just always, you know, I wanted to work at something I was good at, and I started to get better at catching, so I enjoyed it more. So I just kept working harder and harder at it, and as soon as I started seeing more and more results, um, I really started to fall in love with the position. Honestly, is there a player you believe you can't throw out? Like if Billy Hamilton was standing on first base, do you believe you could get him out? <laughs> uh, if I was sitting here having a conversation with him, you know, I'd probably give him the up end, but if we were on a field and I was catching, um, I don't think there's any player in the world that could ever steal a base on me. There you go. See, you're different on a baseball field than off. I've talked to you enough by now to know that, to where you're real humble and modest and all this stuff talking, but when you get on a field, you turn it on. Is that fair? Yeah, whenever, you know, whenever you're not on the field, you know, not even just for saying this, but I respect everybody. I respect everybody's goals and who they are as a player, but – you know, when I step on the field, and even, you know, I get this reaction from TK. Like, he's a very cool, very humble guy. But when he steps on the field, you know, he thinks he's the baddest dude in the world. And that's the, you know, same thing with me. Um, and pretty much all of our guys, you know, Anthony Cervideo. I mean, if you talk to him, he's the most quiet dude, most humble guy. But when he gets on that baseball field, man, he just, you know, when the lights come on, there's real players that come out. Because you have to have that arrogance about you when you're on the field, right? Because you're going to fail more than you're going to succeed in baseball. So you have to be cocky about it, right? Yeah, and people get it kind of twisted between cocky and confidence. You know, when you have confidence off the field, but whenever you're on the field, you have to have just that little bit of cockiness. You know, you have to have that little bit of selfish or want to, but, you know, not too much where you overdo it. But, you know, you just got to have that drive in you. So TK, Ant, the MLB draft is going to be the conversation with them whenever the draft happens. It could happen in July, but TK and Ant are probably going to be gone. How tough will that be for you guys? 
Um, you know, it's always tough to lose some star guys. Um, you know, every team goes through it every year. Um, but it's always about, you know, who steps up. Like, you know, TK and Ant, yeah, they had big roles last year. But, you know, with all the legends, um, Greg Kessinger, Thomas Dillard, you know, all those guys that weren't even besides Gray and Ant's position, you know, they stepped up this year and they were the role and they took it. So, you know, also with the drafts, you know, whatever Ant they do, you know, I mean, we love them and we wish they would stay, but, you know, whatever their decision is, we're going to love them and support them all the way and whatever their future holds. Leadership for you, does that come pretty easily? Yeah, I've always, I've never been the very vocal guy. I've always been, you know, kind of proved by my actions and then tell others. Um, you know, Coach B always tells us that me and Cooper Johnson were very different. You know, he was the big vocal guy, you know, the alpha male and, you know, I'm more of the, you know, just kind of show how to do it. So it's just a different role that I'm in and different person that I am. Oh, look, Cooper came in and he was yapping from day one and he never stopped. But I've seen you out there. Yeah. You're not a quiet dude. You're pretty active and involved in talking. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm not the big alpha male as he would claim or the very vocal, vocal guy. But then you throw somebody out at second base, and yeah, it's all a moot point anyway. All right, so <laughs> I was reading some MLB draft stuff. I think you popped up as number nine in the MLB 2020 MLB draft rankings for who was it? I think uh, perfect game. So for you, I know that the draft is a long way away. When you look at those things, when you see the draft stuff, what comes to mind for you? It's all humbling and a blessing from God, you know. Um you know, just reading those things really, you know, makes you happy. But then, you know, it's really good for you to get that, get your name out there a little bit. But you also have to remember there's two more years till that draft. You know, there's two years that kids are going to get bigger, stronger, and faster and come for your spot, you know. So it's a blessing, but also a curse, you know. You always have to put your head down and work no matter where you are in the rankings or anything. And, you know, I've always told myself, no matter if I'm, ranked first on that thing since my sophomore year of high school. If I'm ranked first or if I'm ranked 2000, I'm going to work the same, same effort as I do. I just put my head down and go to work and do what I can. We've talked about it before, but never really in this setting to where people can actually hear it from you. I'm going to ask you about going into that draft before the year and, or in the summer. And you're thinking that you're going to go pretty high. Was your number high? Was that the issue with teams? Like what happened there? Do you think? Whenever I had all my in-home visits, you know, they were pretty, you know, supportive of that number of what I said. You know, they said it was very reasonable. And then um, whenever they started the draft, you know, the year before that, they took a lot of college catchers. And what they usually do is kind of switch it up every now and then. So we just did a lot of research, and I felt that my number was the best um, that it could have been for me. And then whenever it started, they just started taking a lot of college catchers and you know, it just never got fortunate enough to get to any high school catchers by the time, you know, my, my money round or whatever was over. What was your expectation for when you thought you were going to go? Because going in, you have a plan. You think, okay, this is my range. What was that range for you? Yeah, my range was first day guy. Um, first day guy, if not, you know, $1 million, $1.2 million. Um, Ended up getting a little bit short of that. You know, the Twins called with around 950, but, you know, not enough. I told myself if it's not the exact number that I want or more, I'm not going. 
because I'm not going to regret my decision. And right now, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life was go to Ole Miss. I would imagine when you have that expectation that you're going to get drafted at a particular point, there could be a little bit of disappointment that comes into play there. But for you, it seemed like, and I could be wrong, but you could tell me if I'm wrong, that you were content either way. If you got your number, great, awesome, you'll go start a career. If not, you wanted to play at Ole Miss. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, you get an opportunity to play for Ole Miss. You know, kids would die to play for a dream like that. And I would, too. I died. I dreamed to die to play with a place like this. And now I've got an opportunity to, and now I'm making the most out of it. Ant believed it. Doug believed it. Uh, Coach Clem believed it. I've talked to all these people. And they believed y'all were on the path to Omaha, that this team just was not going to allow itself to fall short. Don't get that opportunity. What does that do for the drive for you in two years' time, next year and the next year, to get there? Not just once, but twice. What's that hunger like? Yeah, I mean, just make the most out of it. You know, since this year, since it didn't happen, you know, we're just going to make it happen next year. You know, we're not going to come up with excuses and say, oh, we didn't have, you know, Ant or TK next year if they do end up going in the draft this year. You know, we're not going to come up with excuses. You know, we're going to find somebody to step up just like we did last year. We had a bunch of fresh up that filled big roles. And, you know, we're just going to get after it. We're going to create a special connection just like we did this year. And we're just going to have the same effort. And we're going to go go to work. So if Peyton Chatagnier steps in as the shortstop next year, what will Peyton Chatagnier a shortstop look like? You've been out there at practice, you know. Very hard player. You know, he loves to work. He loves to get after it. So it'll be exciting to see whoever steps in that. You know, even if it's not Peyton Chatagnier, even if it's, even if it's Justin Bench or even if it's a Juco guy coming in next year or a freshman, anybody who it's going to be, you know, we're going to – we're going to get after it. We're going to support them, and they're going to know that we all love each other. And no matter what happens, that's what we're going to do. Did this freshman class click pretty quickly? It seems like you'll have a good bond. Yes. We, um, you know, we got a group chat, you know, a couple years before we actually got here, and we talked all the time. And so, you know, and especially with the East Coast Sox, the Sox organization I played with, we had like 10 or 11 of the, you know, 19 freshmen that we had. So, I mean, coming in, we pretty much all knew each other already. So that just made it even better for us. So looking at the summer now, there's going to be an emphasis. If there's summer ball, there's going to be an emphasis on summer ball. What will you focus on? Like, what will you be out there trying to get better with? Um, big, one of the biggest things besides just, you know, keeping more on polishing my defensive craft. But, you know, the biggest thing for me is just going to be seeing more pitching. You know, it took me just a little bit, a little too long. It took me like three weeks to get into the groove, you know, whenever I started my career here. So I'm just going to, you know, relax and just, you know, tell myself that I need to start doing better earlier, you know, not take so long to get into the groove. And I found the groove later in the season, you know, about 14 games later. Um, not going to let that happen next year. Just really just seeing more pitches, you know. What was the difference when you stepped in the batter's box for the first time, you're a college baseball player, the stuff that you were facing? I mean, you, you went up against Reed Detmers to start. So what was like the experience for you stepping in that first time? What was the stuff like compared to what you had seen before? Yeah, um, you know, especially with going to Jupiter and those big time, you know, baseball events and like the all, All-American events and East Coast Pro. So, I mean, we pretty much saw – stuff like that you know granted he was a lefty also um so I've seen a lot of things like him but you know his pitches instead of 
you know, those guys throwing the crazy hard speeds and then throwing their off speed, you know, more of college people can throw strikes with all their, all of their pitches, you know, pretty much all of their pitches can be put outs, you know, in an O2 count or anything. So that was just the biggest thing for me. Cause you know, whenever I was in high school or just any type of other event, you know, when it got O2, it was like, all right, just don't swing at this dude's slider. Cause he's going to try and put you out with it. You know, with, people in college like dead murders or anybody, you know, it's like, don't chase the fastball high. Don't chase the slider in it. Don't chase the change up low and away. You know, they can throw pretty much everything for their put out. So that's what makes college pitchers more special. You have any idea where you might go in the summer? If there is summer ball, I was supposed to end up uh, in the Conejo, California around Huntington beach. I'm supposed to end up around there. I don't know how that's going to turn out now. If you did end up there, there are worse places to be than Huntington freaking beach, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what was it like? One of the last things here, catching Gunner and Doug, what did you see growth wise? Again, it's only 17 games, but catching them every single day. What did you see? Um, you know, I didn't know them last year, but just watching their games, not that I'm calling them out or anything, but it just seems like, you know, Gunner didn't have that bulldog mentality all the time. Like sometimes he was trying to feel for it and things like that. But I mean, this year, just, you know, even going through practice and flat grounds and bullpens, you know, they had the same mentality. Gunner had the same mentality going into his flat grounds and bullpens as he did when he was pitching against ECU in that tough ball game, just things like that, I think makes people separate and put different people in different categories. Yeah, Gunner was the one that really took a step. And, Duck, he's been good since he got here. From Derek's point of view, he was highly touted like you were. What did you see from him day one, and did you see some growth for him over the last handful of weeks? Yeah, especially from Derek. You know, he came out straight into the fall, and he was just awesome. You know, he was the player that we've all heard about. And, you know, in the season, I don't know if it was mentally with him or anything, but it was just that he – kind of he still had his bulldog mentality but it was kind of that he tried to feel for things sometimes instead of you know just cutting it loose and getting after it you know he just worked as hard as he could and then a couple of other games you know against indiana you know he went out there and competed and then kind of floated through three innings and they got some runs and then he got back in it you know and so just the biggest thing i'm trying to do with him is just you know have him checked in all the time like he sits 91 92 can run up to 93 and then sometimes every other inning he'll be like 86 87 you know and even coach b talks to him about it you know you know when you're pitching how is how are you not going to let your best stuff come out of your hand every time so that's just the biggest thing we're doing him but i mean he's going to be awesome and he's going to be a you know a top two round guy whenever he comes out of here you've caught so many pitchers at this point is maintaining velocity one of the hardest things for new pitchers or pitchers that are just trying to learn how to handle the workload and maintain their stuff? Yes, I would I would especially say for freshmen, that would be the biggest thing. But Derek's good. He played really well, pitched really well in his first year. Can only Very expect, good. Yeah, more things next year. So you're going to be gaming at all over the next month or so? You've been doing any of that kind of stuff? Oh, of course. Yeah, we okay. just um, just bought the new MLB game, <laughs> bought the new Call of Duty. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be a very eventful month like i told marshall henderson he's playing him be the show if any of y'all ever want to smoke man hit me up <laughs> we'll go all right uh, uh diamond dynasty see marshall got me on that i'd always thought it was just like game cards or something that you played with but no you create your own team i'm down for that
Yeah. All right. All right. I'm down for some Diamond Dynasty. I might have to might have to send you a text. Okay. Well, I'm just warning you. You don't want the smoke. I'll <laughs> give it to you, but you don't want it. That's all I'm saying. He's old Miss freshman catcher. Going to be sophomore catcher, Hayden Dunhurst. Thanks for doing this, man. Stay safe. We'll talk again. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. God bless. That was Ole Miss catcher Hayden Dunhurst. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. Colin Brister coming back in just a second. Before he does, let me tell you about Impact by Ironwood and Sola, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. The coronavirus pandemic has upended everything. Each and every one of us were confined to our houses, self-isolation, social distancing. But that doesn't have to stop you from eating good food. Enter Sola, bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com or give them a call at 662-238-3500. And make sure during this time of quarantine, self-isolation, social distancing to take advantage of their curbside and delivery service. That's Sola in Oxford on the Oxford Square. That was Ole Miss catcher Hayden Dunhurst. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Colin Brister. That team was special. There was something different. I heard that from every single guy I talked to on Wednesday. Anthony Servideo, Doug Nikhazy, Dunhurst, Taylor Broadway, talking to Hayden Leatherwood later today, talking to Tim Elko. They'll say the same. This team had full belief and confidence that they were going to make a run. They were going to go to Omaha. They believed it. Anthony Servideo thinking that they would still only have one loss today. <laughs> oh, but Anthony Servideo, he's not going to be back. He's going to go pro. He's going to get drafted. He's going to go pro. Hayden Dunhurst came out on perfect game this week. Sometime this week. I don't know when. Number nine prospect for the 2022 draft. Your dream, your hope. Hayden Dunhurst will be a top three pick. It could happen. Yeah, and that's just kind of, man, Ole Miss has been kind of blessed when you look at catchers uh, the past few years under under Bianco. Kind of feels like a position there that, uh, like, I feel like recruiting there can't be, you know, hard for Ole Miss. They've got a top 100 guy committed to him this year that's probably going to show up and only get to play his junior year. <laughs> yeah, when are you uh, going to play? Yeah, and he's a top 100 kid. Oh, <laughs> good luck, absurd, man. Good luck. I guess you're going to play in the outfield. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Uh, uh. If, if he can hit, he will play. That is how it works, though. Now, Hayden Dunhurst still has two seasons left to play. Yeah. But where is Hayden Dunhurst by the time he's done at Ole Miss as far as catchers at Ole Miss ranking-wise? All right. I, I was talking to a friend about this with Dunhurst today, and we were talking about because our, our friend Jeff Robertson has put out you know top five at each position for uh, the Bianco tenure. Is Dunhurst already the, in the top five? And, and I don't know how you do this because obviously other guys have had greater contributions over three years. But if you're just talking from a talent perspective, this isn't even a question, right? He's he's certainly among the top five defensive catchers and, and maybe catchers overall with Ole Miss so far. Yeah, but what's the criteria? Right, that's the thing. 
that's the thing. I don't, if it's I don't just know. about guys who have played their entire careers, because we don't know what's going to happen. God forbid, right. but injury could happen. We don't know. Yeah. So if we're going yeah. by overall body of work, you can't include him yet. And in okay. that case, number one would be Nick Fortes. Nick. Okay, but let's this. Let's ask this. You get any catcher in their prime for the 2021 Ole Miss baseball team, who are you taking? Hayden Dunhurst. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the thing. So, like, I, that's how you – I don't know how you gauge it. Now, let me, let's ask this. Uh, is Cooper Johnson top five for you? Number five. Okay. Yeah, I, I think he has to be top five, right? Because, look, I get it. The freshman and sophomore year is not great. He got benched kind of both years. That junior year, man, and, it, and it's so hard with catchers, and I understand it. But the things they do, it's kind of like offensive linemen, right? Like, they just don't get noticed. If Dunhurst can't be included yet, uh huh. number one is who? I think it's Fortez. And then I think it's Stuart Turner because Stuart, look, Stuart was great, but he only played one year. Fortez gave you two years and was really good both years. Stuart Turner, in my opinion, is number one. Okay. He was that good. <laughs> yeah, he was absurd now. He was absurd. He was absurd. But Nick Fortez is fine. But Nick Fortez was also a designated hitter. He was also a first baseman. He was also right. a right fielder. Yes. So he wasn't yes. a true, true catcher. But, yes, you can include him. It's a little bit of a cheat, but you can include him. Um, who else rounds out the top five? Then if Cooper's number five and we've got two. Will Allen's got to be in there. Yeah, Will's got to be in there. Yeah, Will's probably three. And then your fourth, I'm trying to think. Um, Henry Lartigue, Barry Gunther. Henry Lartigue. Yeah, it's either Gunther or Lartigue. Brett Basham? No, Basham didn't hit enough. Okay. Probably that was give back. a nod Barry Gunther only because he was the first. Okay, I can, I can deal with that. And Lartigue only played one year. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with Gunther. I'm fine going Dunhurst, or not Dunhurst, uh, Fortes, Turner, 1-2, whichever way you want to do them, Allen, uh, Gunther, and, and Cooper. What about first base? So, okay, I talked to Jeff about this, and, and he's doing it the way he's doing it. He's doing it all positions. He didn't include head because he's, he included head as a utility player. Um, because he pitched and was obviously a really good pitcher. So if we're including head, I'm, I'm putting head. Well, one. you have to. Utility yeah. doesn't count. There is no such thing as utility. We call it <laughs> utility because they can play a number of different positions, but that isn't an actual position. <laughs> okay. If we're including head, head's one. That's not even a question. You can both include him as a first baseman and also as a pitcher. Okay. Okay. Which That's I probably ridiculous. would. There's um, no such thing. Like, who else is going to be in utility other than Stephen? Uh, well, you do like uh, Justin Henry. Uh, Nick oh, Fortes. stop! And Justin Henry was a second baseman and a left fielder. That's two different positions. Uh, well, everybody plays two different positions. Okay, is Anthony Servideo a center fielder or a right fielder or a second baseman? Yeah. No, <laughs> he's a shortstop. He didn't play shortstop his first two years. Uh, still, Nick Fortes. You just made him a catcher. Why ain't he utility? That's the thing. Like, I don't know how you gauge uh, when you're doing utility. I We're guess not doing are, utility. There's no such thing. So Stephen Head is absolutely in there. Number one. Yes, he's number one. Um, am I crazy for putting Zabowski too? Oh, man, that feels so high for him. It does, but I don't know who else is too. Okay, is Matt Smith in there? Yes, Matt Smith. I was going to put Zabowski ahead of Smith. Is Sykes Corvus in there? Yes. Who else is in there? Who are we um, missing? C- We're missing C- somebody big, it feels like. CJ Ketchum, uh, yeah. Matt Snyder. I think that's your five. I think it's 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 Matt, Head, Sykes, 
Zabowski, Smith. and Matt Smith. Yeah. yeah well, Will yeah. Allen could be a first baseman. He could, but he was mostly a catcher for sure. All right, second base. Second base. I mean, Yarbrough's number one. Yeah. Uh, that's not even debatable. Tate Blackman, but that's the thing. Blackman was so bad in the field that, like, are you comfortable putting him there? Well, again, with college baseball, defense doesn't really matter. Because it's right. a season of small samples, so offensive value trumps all. I agree. So Blackman's in there. Um, God, his defense was so bad. It was horrible. Uh, Jordan Henry is in there. Not, I mean, not Jordan. Justin, Justin. Henry's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cooper, Cooper Osteen. Osteen. Yes. Yeah. Oof. After that, I don't know. <laughs> Preston Overby. Well, yeah, but Cerrito didn't play but one year at second base, really. Preston Overby. Are we really going to go Preston Overby here? Well, that's the thing. Like, who else? He was the second baseman on the 2014 World Series team. He played second base. All right, fine. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Shortstop, if you don't have one person number one, I'm killing you. Yeah, Greg Kessner. No! I'm kidding. No! <laughs> I'm I love Greg. Good friend of the program. Great dude. It's Zach Kozar. Yeah, Zach, and then it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, Austin three. Anderson. Okay, yeah, that, what are we doing there, though? Because he moved to third for Errol. So Errol's in there. Yeah, but I have Austin above him, I think. Kevin Moore, is he in there? No, I have Tolbert at short. Um, yeah, 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 Matt, yeah, yes. He went and played in pros, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tolbert's in there. It's Cozart Gray. That those are the first two. It's not even a question. Tolbert, Errol, and then what are we doing? Anderson. Yeah, Tolbert, Errol, Anderson. All right, third base. Anderson's not gonna be in there. So Cody Overbeck, um, Colby Bortles. Colby Bortles. Okay, let's see. Overbeck, Bortles, Coglin. Coglin's number one. Uh, oh, d- yeah. <laughs> I thought that was assumed. Yeah, Coglin's one. Bortles, Overbeck, Keenan. Keenan, yeah. Then it's tough. Look at a guy like Zach Miller. Um, oh, Zach Miller. Hey, Zach Miller. <laughs> he's a great dude. Great dude. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Quintessential small dude voice, though. Yeah, hey, Zach. Zach Miller. <laughs> uh, Zach, Zach played second base some, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Can I put Brian Petway there? Brian Petway was a right fielder. <laughs> he played some third base. He was a right fielder. <laughs> and not a good one. Could smash, but not a good one. He did smash. It um, feels like we're missing some people. We are, and, and we're going to hear about it, and that's fine. Yeah, I just can't recall. I'm trying to think. Who was the third baseman on that 05 team? That was Cogs. Cogs is far and away number one. That's yeah, true. it's not even. And then it's it, it's Cogs and then Miller, Bortles, Overbecker in there, and I need one more. Keenan. There we go. Well, yeah, well, yeah Keenan's in there. Yeah. Left field. Thomas Dillard. Power, uh, Dillard, Babineau, Mark Wright, Braxton Lee. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Centerfield. Austin Bossfield's one. It's not even really worth talking about. J.B. Woodman, Miles Franklin. Then I struggle. Then what about I Jordan struggle. Henry? Jordan Henry for sure. All right, can I put one in there? Because I think the kid deserves to be at a position. Will Golson started all four years and hit all uh, four yeah. years. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know what position you put him at. Centerfield. Okay. That's where he finished. Yeah. Okay. Easy. Right field. Brian Petway, Seth Smith, and then it was just, I don't know. Oh, Mark uh, Wright. Well, I had right and left. Who played right field? Yeah. 
Uh, Nick Fortes. <laughs> Cheating a little bit there. Yeah. Right field. Right field's not easy. I'm telling you. Because uh, Smith and Petway are your obvious candidates. And then it's like, what are we doing? Because uh, I would go back and I would try to think, like, who started in right field on all the good teams. Those guys wouldn't make the list. Give me your I, I starting did. five rotation members. All right. So I'm going to get some complaints here, and that's fine. Bobby Wall is my number one. Fight me. I don't really care. His numbers are the best numbers that Bianco's ever had. Like, I, I get it. He faced the old bats, but he did it for three years. I have Wall uh, at one. And then Palm, two. Lance Lynn, three. Four is tough. Mark get, Holloman. Yeah, it's, it's Holloman. You're right. And then is it Matt Maloney? Because, all right, look, I love this guy. I love the guy that I think some people are thinking. Some, some are going to want to put Christian Trent in there. But no. No, like he, he started – he was really good that postseason. He wasn't that great his last year on campus. I, he was really good his sophomore year. I get it. But I don't think that constitutes as a top five pitcher over the past 20 years. Ryan Rollison? You look at Rolo's numbers, and they're not as good as you want to think. Chris Ellis? Now, that one I can listen to. But – Ellis, you look at Ellis, though, here's Ellis's problem. If you say that with Trent, Ellis really only had one good year. I look at a guy like Matt Krause that was there in 10 uh, or 11. The, the team didn't make the postseason, but he was really good. Can I cheat and put Biddle? No, because he's a closer. <laughs> okay. I knew you were going to try it. No, no. He started games. No. Multiple games. No, no. More than one. No, no. Stephen Head. He's a closer, too, though. That's right. Yeah. All right, relievers, relievers, Stephen Head. Wait, wait, can I just put Duncan Casey? No. We can't we can't do that. We didn't do it with Dunhurst. We're not doing it with Nikasey. No. Well, no. Casey played a full year though. No, his career's not over. No. Uh right. relievers. Biddle, uh, Biddle Head. Head. Jake Morgan. Oh god, have I told you my Jake Morgan story? No, you haven't, All but right, I'm interested. So I hadn't covered almost baseball in forever. And so I finally go back out there and covering almost baseball. When I don't cover something, I completely check out. Yeah. I'm not paying attention at all. Oh, by the way, Michael Guerrero, is he in there anywhere? Maybe we can put him in right field because we're struggling. For yeah, right there we go. He's in right. All right. <laughs> so I go out to the practice field. I'm standing there. I hadn't been out there in forever. I don't know any of these players. I don't know their faces. Just the way it goes. <laughs> Here walks this dude, just this bushy beard, very rugged looking guy. And I go to Chase Parham. Who is that? And Chase, that's Jake Morgan. Jake Morgan. He's an All-American close. Jake Morgan. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Calm down. Calm down. But, oh, my God. It's like I'd forgotten his birthday. It's Jake Morgan. <laughs> okay. God. Kill me already. Yeah, Jake Morgan in there. <laughs> All right. So, we went We went. Morgan, uh, Head, Biddle, Wyatt Short. He's got to be in there. Golly. It just doesn't seem like he was that good, but he was. He was. And then it's Aaron Greenwood. It's Aaron Greenwood for me. No Parker Karachi. I say Karachi is a joke, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I won't say who it is, but there's a national baseball, college baseball writer who <laughs> was on a number of different Ole Miss shows, and he continued to call him Parker Karachi. So <laughs> that has been something that has stuck in the Ole Miss baseball press. Yes. Yeah. It's either Karachi or, or Greenwood. It's it's one of those two. You can argue either one. I, I prefer Greenwood, but – yeah, I'm not going to fight you if you want to put Crazy on there. Cody Satterwhite started so well. Yeah. Then it kept going. Yeah. <laughs> then that fastball just didn't play the same. 
Yeah, 98 and flat, still not going to get it done. We're missing somebody. Aaron Barrett can't be in there. No, no, he was terrible as a reliever. Horrible. Uh-oh. Um, Nathan Baker can't be. <laughs> I in mean, there. the thing with Huber is, like, yes, he led the. He's got the career lead for saves and everything. But when you got like a one eight whip and a one eight ERA, yeah. I don't really know how that happens. Yeah. But you kind of <laughs> have to put him in there. Yeah, but man, he would give you like six heart attacks. Um, yeah, but so would crazy. So would Karachi. <laughs> yeah, but Karachi's whip was like one two. Damn. That's interesting. If you have your own suggestions for top five players at each position for Ole Miss baseball under Mike Bianco, hit us up at SpiritBid at Colin Brister. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at SpiritBid on Twitter. He's Colin at Colin Brister. If you haven't already subscribed, Brick Review Talk of Champions and iTunes. When you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud, Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OmSpirit.com and for the 247 Sports. Before we get out of here, a quick David update. Um, another day of some good news, incremental good news, but good news on Wednesday, they took him off the ventilator for a couple of hours and he breathed on his own. Now he still hasn't come out of the sedation yet. So effectively he's been in a coma for what, two weeks. Yeah. So until he can actually come awake and be responsive, this is all still very much a critical, critical situation, but He is turning his head a little bit, and he was able to breathe for two hours on his own. And they're going to continue to try to bounce that up to see if he can get off the ventilator. That's a huge, huge step. Now, David has got a long, long road if he does get out of this. But all you people out there that have prayed, held him in your thoughts, sent good vibes, you can't help but feel like it's working. So keep doing it. And if you can, there's a GoFundMe account for David, for his family to help pay for medical expenses. I think I saw somewhere online that – um, a typical case that lasts like this, medical expenses could go well north of $200,000. So any drop of money you can help for David to pay for these expensive, expensive procedures and tests and just everything, the recovery, it'd be greatly appreciated. This is a great family, a wonderful family. Dear friend of mine is David. I just pray like hell that uh, he comes out of this and he's back to normal. And um, I think that's what every one of us wants. So, We'll be back next week. I don't know who we're going to talk to. I don't know what we're going to talk about. But so far <laughs> in quarantine, we figured it out. I've got an interesting idea. I want to. I want to do the uh, fourteen super regional and get Godwin on if we can. That may be a little bit harder said than done, or easier yeah. said than done. But. but I don't know if there's a demand for those. I'm. Sh- I'm just. I'm being honest. I don't know if yeah. there's a demand. Yeah. Yeah. Fair it enough. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks. Absolutely. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.